1: Welcome into the important nonsense podcast week fifteen recap edition, aka your recap of the fantasy football semifinals. I'm your host at javanaugh eighty seven, Jack Cavanaugh. Holy heck, what a weekend! For starters, we get not one but two NFL games on a Saturday. The Bills stomp the Broncos forty eight to nineteen. Buffalo wins its first. AFC East Championship since 1995, life is good in Western New York, and life is good if you started Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs, or Melvin Gordon. And of course, life is good because we are once again joined by the Doctor of Dynasty, the one and only at Dynasty PhD, Dr. John Chancey. John, how are we feeling with the majority of the semifinals wrapped up?
0: Yo Jack, it is I, Dr. Dynasty, and I feel relieved and actually refreshed. Uh, this week I had zero stakes uh in the action from a fantasy standpoint. So really, I got to relax, kick back, watch the games. I spent most of my cognitive energy this weekend. Instead of trying to decide my lineup, I was trying to decide if I like the Godfather 3 or not after watching it for the first time. I picked up the recut version, I liked it a lot. Uh, they recall, they retitled it CODA, which I think was very appropriate because for this weekend, for many people, uh, if it wasn't last week, it is the CODA, the finale of your fantasy season for many of our uh, humble listeners.
1: Wow, John. Look at you with the deep cuts as always. So be sure to follow John on Twitter at DynastyPhd. And on Instagram at Scouser underscore from underscore OKC because even if your redraft season is over, dynasty season is just ramping up. And perhaps the Packers are just ramping up as well. They go 21 to 3 at half. And then the Panthers just never really get things going. They fall 24 to 16, although it's not it's much. Much more lopsided than the score indicates. Only one passing touchdown and a rushing touchdown from Rodgers, though, won't really help his MVP case against Patrick Mahomes after today. But one thing is certain, at the real NWB, Nee Wallace-Bruce is the MVP of the IDP world. Nee, my friend, how's it going as we near the close of the semis and pre- prepare for the fantasy football championship?
3: Hey, Jack. Hey, John. I had a mild interest in this weekend's games. Uh, just know that when the Saints play Minnesota on Christmas Day, that means the league will played on every day of the week in this wacky season of 2020. Make no mistake, the NFL can take over whatever day of the week that they want. Also, that's the start of Week 16, which is the Fantasy Super Bowl, because no one plays in Week 17, right? We don't jeopardize our fantasy leagues in that week, do we? Anyway, Week 17 is going to be important next year when the Lee adds an extra week of matches uh, to the schedule.
1: That will be interesting indeed. Well, we'll that's something we're going to have to talk about lots this offseason. There's going to be some adjustments made, some new industry standards set. But be sure to follow me on Instagram at The Real NWB so you can get his takes on everything that's happening. You can get John's work and all the work of the other fantabulous people uh, that are writing fantasy football content over on importantnonsense.com and on twitter instagram and facebook at nonsenseff. but enough about us it's time to get down to the nitty-gritty of all the glorious action from week 15. so if you listen to the show before you know my contract states that i am the boss i get to write the show and most importantly i get to pick the first game so we're going to kick things off with something that makes me very happy and today it's the 40-14 beating that the Baltimore Ravens put on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Tough weekend for the state of Florida. Gators lose the SEC Championship to Bama. And then the three Florida teams in the NFL combined for zero first-half points. However, good news did come later in the day. And now the Jacksonville Jaguars control their own destiny when it comes to drafting Trevor Lawrence.
0: I know we're, we're talking about the Jags, but I, I can't believe the Jets screwed up the one good thing they had going for them this season. Now, uh, the, the Jags, you're right, they they're they're ahead in the Trevor Lawrence sweepstakes. They have the Bears, and then they go to Indianapolis to close out the season. Although, just looking at that slate of games, if any quarterback could screw this up for Jacksonville, maybe it's MVP Mitch, who we'll get to talk about later, but anyways, um, you know, for the state of Florida, things aren't going to necessarily get any better because they get to play my Sooners in the Cotton Bowl, which will surely be a, a shootout, uh, which will be a lot of fun. Um, but I'm really glad. Let's get back to the Ravens. I am so glad to see MVP Lamar uh, back. I mean, two weeks in a row now, he has played incredible. He had the Browns last week in an incredible game, maybe the game of the year. Now he just runs rough shot over the Jags. In the last two weeks, Really, the fantasy playoffs, Lamar has six TDs, three of those rushing, three passing. Prior to this last two-week stretch, he hadn't broken 25 points in fantasy since week number six. He's now done that twice, 26.7 points last week, 34.9 points today. You gotta love it from Lamar.
1: Oh, you gotta love it, especially for me, the big Ravens fan. So Lamar completes 77.3% of his passes, 243 yards, and three touchdowns through the air. And then he goes ahead and adds an extra 35 yards and a rushing touchdown on 10 carries. Unfortunately, he does have a pick, but I'm not too upset. So you know if there are three touchdown passes. Mark Andrews had a tug. He catches five balls for 66 yards and the score. Miles Boykin, he catches another a four yard score, his lone reception of the day, and then throw up the X because Des Bryant is back. His first touchdown catch since 2017. This one an 11 yarder, his only catch of the day. Unfortunately, Hollywood Brown doesn't find the end zone, but he did catch six balls for 98 yards. So granted, it was the Jaguars, but this Ravens passing offense looked like it was back.
3: Interesting stat from today. Des Bryant, with that receiving TD, will have more receiving TDs this regular season than Michael Thomas. Yes, the Saints Michael Thomas. So Jack, perhaps you should tweet that at both of them and let them know that interesting fact
1: oh i'm sure michael thomas would love that i'm sure it would start some drama once again especially because miles boykin was the guy that got him upset with me last time anyways of course the ravens run game is also still there in this one jk dobbins turns 14 carries and a reception into 81 yards and a rushing score and then gus edwards mixes in for 78 yards on nine carries and two receptions his one catch was beautiful too way downfield Shocked to see from him so anyways to the Jaguars. We see the return of Minshew Mania. Thanks to Garbage Time, he throws for 226 yards and two touchdowns, which is fine for fantasy. One annoyingly goes to Chris Conley, but the other goes to James Robinson, which does help us. So the team ha- the team leading for receptions, 53 yards from DJ Chark. That really doesn't help us, but the good news for Robinson... It's not all good news from Rob- Robinson, sorry. He gets the touchdown. He catches three balls, but he only gains 53 yards. And once again, he is losing touches and snaps to not only Divina Zigboat now, but also Daria Goomba Wallet. So it was fun while it lasted, but when James Robinson is being drafted in round one, late round two next year, especially now that they're going to get Trevor Lawrence, you cannot draft James Robinson that high. Can't do it, won't do it.
3: Yes, as Jax hinted, Jacksonville are currently in the frame for the number one draft pick, as we'll find out later on. Um, they are in the frame for the number one pick in the 2021 draft it's lawrence season people just on the idp side of things the mvp for this game is linebacker from the ravens patrick queen the rookie had six tackles in total three tackles for loss from that one sack and two quarterback hits he's a very good name to remember in dynasty
1: so again congratulations to the jacksonville jaguars for winning in a loss but well, we'll get to that later. For now, we'll stick to the AFC South and a much more fun version of it because Deshaun Watson continues to perform the hard carry for the Texans and they continue to come up short. Colts come away with the 27-20 victory.
0: I called this two weeks ago in my Dynasty report. You got to grab Houston's Chad Hansen. He worked out in the offseason with Deshaun Watson and – you know, with how much turmoil, injury, general upheaval there has been at the wide receiver position for Houston, he has now found his place in the Houston's lineup uh, with the Texans. Um, and I think he's really carved out a, sna- a spot for himself at wide receiver two. Today he caught two passes for 55 yards. One of those was a th- for 38 yards and a score. Um, I think chances are nobody probably played him today, but I think for dynasty purposes – He is a sneaky good stash if you can still pick him up in your league and stash him away for next year.
1: So like John said, Chad Hansen continues to pay off for you, and he helps Watson to throw for 373 yards and two touchdowns, plus 25 yards on the ground. Also helped by Kiki Huti, he has five for 53 and a touchdown. Brandon Cooks, he comes in with a solid six receptions, 59 yards. Jordan Aikens, five grabs, 50 yards. And then 2019 third-round pick out of San Diego State, Kahale Warren catches two balls, goes for 32 yards. So a little dynasty sleeper in there. Most surprising thing of the day, though, David Johnson with 11 receptions for 106 yards? What? Then he adds 27 yards on eight carries. So it's 133 yards, 13.3 fantasy points, plus 11 or five and a half with the receptions. What a day from him. As we said, the Colts get the victory. Phillip Rivers throws for 228 yards and two touchdowns. Both of them to Zach Pascal, which helps no one in fantasy, unfortunately. So Pascal leads the team with five grabs, 79 yards, and two touchdowns. T.Y. Hilton, he comes in with four receptions, 71 yards. Really, none of the other pass catchers matter, matter though. Michael Pittman, Jack Doyle, Mo Cox, and Trey Burton all catch two or fewer passes for under 20 yards.
3: Yes, yes, yes. But well, we need to talk about the, the, the guy, Jonathan Touchdown Taylor. He is the playoff hero that we didn't know we needed, but the one that CEH GMs know they don't deserve. The big man had 16 carries and, t- and four receptions, which turned into 95 yards and a rushing score. So, is Taylor made for success? Um, the IDP MVP for this game is d- defensive tackle DeForest Buckner. This former 49er had four total tackles on the day, three tackles for loss, Three sacks, one force fumble, and four quarterback hits. Indianapolis made the good side of that trade on draft night.
1: So we'll round out the AFC South with what I struggle to call a game as we saw the Tennessee Titans run through the Detroit Lions. And if you saw that Derrick Henry stiff arm, you know I mean literally ran through the Lions with a final score of 46-25. to 25.
0: If you come at the King, you best not miss. Seriously, don't. Why do people even try to tackle Derrick Henry? I mean, at this point, I, I just why even bother? Uh, so another thing, death, taxes, and hundred yard games in December for Derrick Henry are the only things really certain in this life. I mean, this dude is just unbelievable. He went over the century mark again, 147 yards on the ground, a TD. He caught two passes only for five yards. But hey, if you're in a PPR league, you got to love it. Um, I'm not going to say that he's going to play the same amount of years as Adrian Peterson, his running back counterpart on the across the field. But I think Peterson has now passed the torch or the baton to Derrick Henry for the most freakish athlete in the NFL. Like the, I, I just don't see this guy slowing down on the same level of metrics that we apply to normal football
1: players, let alone normal
0: human beings
1: so henry just runs through everybody but as at nonsense underscore steve has dubbed him ryan Tannehill is the one who has two rushing touchdowns people forget that ryan Tannehill had 844 yards receiving as a freshman wide receiver at texas a&m they moved him to quarterback because they didn't like the guys they had so the dude is an athlete he has three carries 21 yards in the two touchdowns then 273 yards and three tutters as a passer Five touchdown day from Ryan Tannehill, and what a day from Corey Davis as well. Our guy Mason Cameron thinks that the Titans receivers at this point are just playing rock paper scissors to decide who gets to have the big day. So Corey Davis in this one, four receptions, 110 yards, and a touchdown. AJ Brown still nice day as well, five receptions, 44, and a touchdown. Throw in a nice little five for 52 from Joe New Smith. Most annoying thing in the world though, backup running back Darrington Evans catches the final touchdown pass.
3: Ryan Tana Thrill is back.
1: Yeah, and that was pretty, but not so much for the Lions. So Stafford grits through the pain of the ribs and the thumb injury for 252 yards and a touchdown on 32 attempts. Chase Daniel does come in at one point, goes five for six, 55 yards. but pretty much all of this is in garbage time the entire game was basically garbage time marvin jones is the king of garbage time though goes for 10 receptions 112 yards and a touchdown what a day from him but that leaves just two receptions and 18 yards from tj hawkinson which i don't really like at least we do see a 44 yard catch from rookie in tight end three hunter bryant and a 36 yard grab from wide receiver four rookie Quintez Cephas so keep an eye on both of those guys in Dynasty going forward
3: yeah I'm going to co-sign that Jack because the Detroit actually they only have Hawkinson Bryant Cephas and Dronova Allison they're the only pass catchers that are currently under contract for next season
1: Ooh, that is interesting I was not aware of that so keep an eye on those young pass catchers in Detroit Because especially, it does sound like the Lions will be going for the hard reset. That means Marvin Jones will be out. Danny Amendola will be out. Adrian Peterson will be out. And even Matthew Stafford sounds like he will be out. So the focal point of the Detroit Lions will be the next Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Swift. He turns 15 carries and four receptions into 82 yards and two rushing scores. The kid is an absolute star. But back to the rebuild. I mentioned this on the Friday show, but former Lions quarterback and current ESPN analyst Dan Orlovsky is repeating what our man knee has been saying for weeks now. The Lions are looking at hiring Robert Sala to be their next head coach. But not only that, if the Lions are able to land the 49ers DC, born in Dearborn, Michigan, he'll be bringing on 49ers passing game coordinator Mike LaFleur on to run the offense. Mike, of course, is brother of Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. So we've got a little sibling rivalry, potentially brewing in the NFC North. So Nee, as the resident 49ers expert, do the Lions now have a modicum of hope if they do manage to pull this off?
3: Thanks, Jack. Look, I think they do. Um, Robert Saleh has that track record from Seattle. He, he was part of the Legion of Boom, and then he took that, those talents down to San Francisco and helped get them into the Super Bowl. And attracted richard sherman along the way one thing to look at here is the lions already play a 4-3 scheme so i think saleh is going to adapt that to a 4-2-5 hybrid scheme, which he's been using in seattle and also in san francisco also at matt mercier our guy in uh, the the team important nonsense he's going to love this because saleh plays his best players early and often he's not playing mind games like maybe matt Patricia might have been doing he, he puts his best players out on the field and tries to get the best out of them. And he's going to have, there's going to be a few guys coming out of San Francisco off contract this season. Guys like Richard Sherman, Solomon Thomas, Jason Verrett. I'm saying mentioning those names because Detroit's secondary got torched a lot this season. And I know um, they have Okuda, who's a rookie. He was hi- highly touted. But when you bring in guys like Sherman and Verrett, they can be mentors. They can develop these guys. Also, in the running game, a guy like Tevin Coleman is off contract. He could be able to help out. A linebacker like KJ Wright from Seattle is coming off contract this season. So I think defensively, we're going to see an improvement from Detroit. The variable here will be Matt Um, LaFleur. It looks like he will be the offensive coordinator. So what's he going to do? Is he going to be working with a new quarterback? Or is he going to be having Matt Stafford as the guy to be moving the chains in the offense? That will be the very interesting variable here. Um, just shifting gears back to defense, the IDPNP for this game is a guy who's going to be a fulcrum in Saleh's off defense, defensive end, Romeo Okwara. He had four tackles on the day, including two tackles for loss, one safety, which is something you don't see often, a sack, and one quarterback hit.
1: Oh, that, I, that gives me some relief. I, I do hope the Lions manage to pull this off. Maybe the Lions start to get a little bit better. But for now, they are the basement dwellers in the NFC North with a little bit of hope. But the Packers are clearly the cream of the crop. And then there's the Bears and the Vikings who are both very much mad. Chicago gets the advantage in this one. They pull off the 33-27 victory and in essence have likely ended fight the Viking season.
0: Yeah, poor Vikings and I can't believe I'm saying this, but after today, you know, Mitch Trubisky uh, looked decent. I mean, he turned the ball over once, sure, but he also pushed the ball downfield. He had 9.6 yards per attempt, uh, and even better, since he got his job back in week 12, MVP Mitch has passed for eight passing TDs to only three interceptions. And and I'm not saying that this guy's great or even he's necessarily good, but I think right now He's playing well enough to potentially keep his job next year, which is crazy to think. The Bears are seven and seven. They get the Jags next, uh, and I think you know that at least they're going to finish eight and eight, maybe nine and seven because they play Green Bay in Week 17. Who, depending on how things go, you know, maybe they don't have as much stake in it as as they would otherwise. Um, but I think the Bears aren't good enough or aren't bad enough, excuse me, to go out and get one of those presumptive elite quarterbacks in the draft, but maybe they could take a swing on someone like Mac Jones or or
1: Zach Wilson, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see the Bears' course of action. Rumor is coaching job will belong to the head coach of the Northwestern Wildcats, Pat Fitzgerald, who had Ohio State on the ropes in the Big Ten championship game. As for the current Bears, though, Mitch throws for 202 yards, a touchdown, and a pick. Adds 34 yards rushing, though, which is basically a passing touchdown for fantasy purposes, 3.4, almost four points. But the main reason his stats are so lackluster is because we see 33 touches for 162 yards and two touchdowns from David Montgomery. Demo has turned it on at the end of the season, but this does leave us wanting more. From the bears pass catchers we get four receptions 83 yards from alan robinson four receptions 49 yards and a touchdown from darnell mooney and then two for 25 from jimmy graham Cole Komet and anthony miller both failed to reach 20 yards don't love that if you played any of them so bears get the win but us gms who started the vikings are doing all right as well dalvin cook goes for 159 yards and a touchdown on 29 touches four of them are receptions Justin Jefferson, he catches eight balls for 104 yards. Adam Thielen, he's kind of meh. Only two grabs for 11 yards, but at least one of them was a touchdown, so it's not too awful. Irv Smith, not so spicy like I said he would be. Just three receptions for 37 yards from him. Turns out the spicy tight end is Tyler Conklin. He catches three balls as well, 57 yards and a tutter from him. So if you started Kirk, get what you get 271 yards passing two touchdowns and an interception that's like a classic kirk Cousins stat log.
3: yes it is but it was helpful because i needed that for a constellation uh playoff game so thank you captain kirk we'll see what he does on christmas day against the new orleans saints um the idp mvp for this game is minnesota lining linebacker todd davis now with eric kendricks out davis stepped up with eight total tackles one tackle for loss one pass offended, one sack, and one quarterback hit.
1: Alright, so we are officially done with the AFC South and the NFC North, which means it's officially time to hear from the always lovely at Nonsense underscore Steve with a word from our sponsors. And we are back in the AFC East ain't what it used to be. The Bills secure their first divisional crown since 1995. Meanwhile, the student has become the teacher as the Dolphins take it to the Patriots. get The 22-12 victory over Brian Flores' mentor, Bill Belichick. But before we get to the fantasy talk, I have a question more important than a mere game. The Dolphins make those throwbacks, their permanent uniforms, they are so clean. I second that motion, Jack. I'm all for
0: it. Um but speaking of throwbacks, I bet the Patriots are wishing they could throw back to the good old days of Tom Brady playing quarterback. Uh you know, good for Cam Newton to make his comeback. I've really enjoyed watching uh, watching him play again, but I think this really hasn't worked out as well as we all hoped it would after that first month of the season for the Patriots. I mean, they looked phenomenal. Cam looked great, but things have just grinded to a halt. He's thrown five TDs to 11 picks on the season. He has 11 more rushing TDs you know, on the ground, so that helps. But they we're still looking at a 16 to 11, t- 11 picks. That's not great, um, and I don't think it's going to cut it. Um, I don't know if he's still hurt or if he's dealing with COVID or, or what, but I think this is really uh, the Patriots, are another one of those teams that are are really going to have to take a deep, hard look at their quarterback situation for 2021.
3: Yeah, most definitely Uh, Doc, uh, they haven't thrown a lot of touchdowns this season and it's affected the results. And there's something to be said about the Patriots playing in Miami in general. I don't know whether they go out partying the night before or whatever, but the record in recent times is not great when the Patriots go down to the Finns' house. But I will say the Finns look good in those throwback jerseys.
1: Ah, so just like the Bears and the Lions, the future of the Patriots is going to be fascinating to watch this offseason. Remember, they do have a ton of cap space. They will have the return of starting linebacker Dante Hightower, starting safety Patrick Chung, and starting right tackle Marcus Cannon. They're all coming back from opting out. But for now, they have 209 yards passing, 38 yards rushing, and zero touchdowns from Cam Newton. We're a couple bright spots, though. Jacoby Myers is the next Julian Edelman in the slot. He will be draftable next year in fantasy circles. Seven receptions, 111 yards on 10 targets. And then we just get three for 24 from Demir Bird. One for one reception, 12 yards from Nikhil Harry. Other bright spot, though, shockingly, Sony Michelle. With Damien Harris out, he actually did look pretty good. He gets 82 yards on 11 touches, almost eight yards a touch. Good for him. So Harris and Michelle could be an interesting one-two punch next year. I'm shocked to say. But uh, James White is also still there as well. Four receptions, 52 yards, and then three yards rushing. Brian Flores is able to get one over on his former mentor. Tua a tug of most importantly, moves to 1-0 and against the New England Patriots. You know that's going to bug Bill for sure. Of course, Tua does just enough to win, though. Don't credit him too much. Complete 77% of his 26 attempts, but it's only for 145 yards, no passing touchdown, and an interception. Don't worry, though, if you started Tua in fantasy, because he does score two rushing touchdowns on sneaks to save his day. Not shocking to see them really struggle, though. They were without Mike Gusecki, Devontae Parker, and Jakeem Grant. In their stead, Lynn Bowden leads the way, six receptions and a run for 46 yards. Tight end two, Durham Smythe chips in for five, five receptions, 40 yards. And then Isaiah Ford, Matt Collins, and Adam Shaheen all go for under 20 yards.
3: No, 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 Jack, that's all well and good, but we need to talk about Miami Nice here. Savon Ahmed, he's, he had 24 touches on the day, 127 yards, and a rushing score. So gentlemen, please, tell me, tell the people. Is Sabon Ahmed a dynasty hold?
0: Oh, I definitely think so, Ni. Nee. I wrote about him uh, a few weeks ago in my dynasty report. I think he has shown that he can hold his own uh when he has the backfield to himself. Obviously, I think I think I still like Miles Gaskin a lot too, and and as long as he's out, I think Ahmed is a solid start at RB or Flex. Um, next season, if if both are in the backfield, I think they'll both have some value. But of course, that's gonna they're gonna cut into each other's value. So It's really about seeing how that kind of winds up, uh, where the Dolphins go. Do they get rid of one or the other, or do they acquire any other players in the draft or free agency? But right now, they have a pretty nice one-two combination in the works.
1: It's really interesting because we haven't seen them play together since Ahmed's breakout game. But the Dolphins could also just ruin everything, draft a running back with the Texans' second-round pick. Who knows how they're going to build this offseason. Another exciting team to watch this offseason, which is why you have to follow along with all the Dynasty content on importantnonsense.com.
3: Yes, sir. And Miami, uh, the Dolphins are swimming in Miami. They could be going to the playoffs right now. And that is on the back of their offense and their defense. The IDP MVP for this game is linebacker from the Dolphins, Jerome Baker. He had eight total tackles, one tackle for loss, one sack, one forced fumble, and a quarterback hit.
1: So we've already covered some of the bad in this weekend for the state of Florida. Patriots, or sorry, Buccaneers, blanket on the Patriots, Tom Brady's former team. Anyways, the Buccaneers go down 17-0 at half. Tom Brady's not dead yet, though rallies the troops for a second-half comeback. That's the 31-27 to 27 victory over the Atlanta Falcons.
0: And, my gosh, Matt Ryan must have felt like he was seeing the ghost of Christmas past today. I mean, just another blown lead to Tom Brady and company. I mean, this guy can't catch a break
1: uh, for to save his life. Yeah, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And yet, I think the Falcons are once again going to run this back in 2021. As we've said, Tom Brady is still here, 390 yards passing, two touchdowns, has one to Chris Godwin who goes for four receptions, 36 yards and a tad. Also, one goes to Antonio Brown, has his best day by far since joining the Bucs. He has five receptions, 93 yards and a touchdown. Don't worry for you, Mike Evans GMs, though. He does lead the team with six receptions and 110 yards, even if he doesn't have a touchdown. Fortunately, just three receptions, 29 yards from you, Gronk GMs. Don't love that. But with Ronald Jones out, we saw Uncle Len back in action after being healthy as scratch last week. And while Leonard Fournette did look pretty bad, only 3.5 yards carry, he still has 75 yards from scrimmage and two rushing Touchdown! so as a fantasy player we don't care how you look doing it if you deliver us the points and it's a great day from the falcons pass catchers as well and matt ryan kind of makes you wonder how they lost just the curse of matt ryan facing tom brady ryan completes a nice 69 percent of his passes throws for 356 yards and three touchdowns one goes to hayden hurst at four receptions 21 yards and a touchdown One goes to Russell Gage with five receptions, 68 yards in the tud, and one goes to Calvin Ridley. And with Julio out, we saw Calvin Ridley cook the Saints for 163 yards and a touchdown on 10 grabs. What a game from him. From the ground game, though, absolutely nothing. Not a damn thing. We got 24 yards from Ido Smith. On six carries. We got negative two yards from Brian Hill on five carries. I don't know how that happens. And then Todd Gurley with one carry, negative one yards. Lana, I'm sorry, you deserve better.
3: Yes, indeed. And I can tell you how some of those negative yardage uh results happened. They came because of the IDP MVP of the game, Tampa Bay linebacker Devin White. He had a huge game. Huge game. He had 12 total tackles four tackles for loss, so you can chalk it up to some of the running back plays, two two passes defended, three sacks of the quarterback, Matt Ryan, and three quarterback hits. So he he had the number of the running backs and the quarterbacks a lot today.
1: Next, we do have a battle between two historic NFC franchises that unfortunately aren't what they used to be. From Joe Montana and Steve Young, from Roger Staubach and Troy Aikman, Nick Mullins and Andy Dalton ultimately the Cowboys get the victory 41 to 33 although it was 41 to 26 before the 49ers scored on a Hail Mary on the last play but this will mark the first time this season that Dallas has won back-to-back games which is shocking they are terrible and we sure hope if you're at Ezekiel Elliott GM that you also had Tony Pollard on your roster because he went off 12 carries six receptions 132 yards from scrimmage and two touchdowns that's a 31.2 in ppr something that ezekiel elliott hasn't hit since november 18th 2018 good thing that dallas gave zeke all that money though good thing he signed through 2026 great move by dallas glad you did that instead of locking up dak prescott But anyways, Andy Dalton does enough to manage them to a win 209 yards, two touchdowns, one to Michael Gallup, who unfortunately leaves with a hip injury. He has three receptions, 26 yards in the touchdown. The other goes to Dalton Schultz, who also has two receptions and 14 yards. If you started CeeDee Lamb, you're also fine as well. He has five receptions. He has 85 yards, and he has a return touchdown to end the game, so that helps you out as well. But if you started Amari Cooper, I'm sorry. Two receptions for 10 yards is bad, but two carries for negative seven yards is really bad. So you're left with a 0.3 from yards, and then however you want to factor in those two receptions. I am so sorry. Just
0: brutal, Jack. I mean, I I, yeah, sorry doesn't even begin. That's just awful. Uh, But anyways, we talked earlier in the podcast about the implications of Robert Salah going to be the new – Uh, Head coach in Detroit, potentially taking LaFleur with him. How do you, I'll I'll put this to both of you. How do you think that that impacts the fantasy value of some of the 49ers' offensive players going forward? So, for example, you know, we're going to see Jimmy Garoppolo back next season, ideally with a loaded wide receiver core to throw to, plenty of backs, a healthy George Kittle. Is there any chance, though, that we see some kind of drop in performance, almost like a, uh, the way that Philadelphia's offense dropped after losing Frank Reich? What do you, what do you each think?
3: Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good question, Doc. I honestly think that the offense will be the same because it runs through uh, Kyle Shanahan. I expect more of the same. Don't forget that George Kittle's also injured, so he's be back next season. He's getting the wide receivers that he wants through Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. Uh, Tevin Coleman and Jerry McKinnon, I believe they're coming off contract this season, so they may have some new faces at running back. I think the offense will be the same. The defense, however, we'll see, because Saleh left Seattle and went to San Francisco, and the, that that defense has never been the same again. That was the end of the Legion of Boom, I get it. But my point is, the next guy in San Francisco has big shoes to fill. The nice of the personnel, they just need a guy that can bring it all together, as opposed to forcing them into a system. So, interesting to see who they bring in
1: yeah they still have the big beautiful brain of kyle shanahan i'm not worried about the offense and yes the defense may take a step back they also do have nick bosa and d4 coming back as well so that does help offset it a little bit but for today we get 219 yards two touchdowns and two interceptions from nick mullins and then we get 100 yards and a touchdown from cj bethard thanks to the hail mary at the end so yay for the pass catchers in san Fran! Brandon Iyuk is a stud, absolute alpha, nine receptions, 73 yards, and a touchdown. Kendrick Bourne is the one with the Hail Mary reception, so he ends with four receptions, 86 yards, and a touchdown. And then Jordan Reed, he gets two receptions, 18 yards, and a tud as well. Not so hot for Raheem Mostert though. 68 scoreless yards as a rusher on 14 carries. Instead, it's Jeff Wilson who gets 16 carries, 60 yards, And the rushing score. So it's just always with the Shanahanigans.
3: Hashtag Shanahanigans. Now, this is interesting because if you're going to week 16, congratulations first off. But Raheem Mostert left the game with an injury. So his status is in question for the championship week for most leagues. So I, if you can get Jeff Wilson, go get him and stash him. Even if it's just to keep him away from your opponent. Because at this point, that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to win the game. You play to win the game. Anyway, IDP MVP for this game is defensive end from the 49ers, Eric Armstead. He had eight total tackles, two tackles for loss, two sacks, and two quarterback hits. So he's done very well in the absence of Nick Bosa.
1: So after Russell Wilson cooked the New York Jets for four touchdowns last week, the Seattle Seahawks have a bit of a rough time this time. Still come away with a 20-15 victory over the Washington football team, though.
0: Before we go too far into this game, Jack, I, I just I, I can't believe this. How can the How can Washington? How did they let Haskins, Dwayne Haskins, throw the ball for fifty five freaking times? He turns the ball over twice with two picks. He almost fumbles the ball away. He gets sacked four times. I get that the DC Riveras were were down, but you have to have as a team. You have to have a better answer to the question of how you're going to win the game. Better than the answer of, oh, let's let Haskins throw it 55 times. I mean, he was on the bench in the doghouse not that long ago, and now you're asking him to go out and beat the Seahawks? I mean, come on, man. That's not going to happen. This was basically a playoff game for both teams, and the Seahawks picked up a much-needed win to keep pace with L.A., who's now outside of the lead for the uh, NFC West. D.C., their playoff future still looks murky. They have the the Panthers and the Eagles left. That Eagles game to close out the season – could potentially be for all the marbles that is the nfc east
1: and they still hold the narrow division lead only if the browns can hold off the giants shockingly enough the cowboys are still in it as well my my goodness what an awful awful division haskins completes a nice 69.1 of his passes 295 yards and a touchdown all sounds nice on paper but like you said the turnovers cost him a lot pretty good day from his weapons though Logan Thomas looks like a stud on his way to 101 yards on 13 catches. Terry McLaurin with seven for 77. J.D. McKissick turns in 13 carries, nine receptions, 107 yards from J.D. McKissick? What? Also gets a receiving touchdown. That's just wild. Peyton Barber, as annoying as can be, does his best Jordan Howard impression. Four carries, five yards, and a touchdown as we've already mentioned, Russ cooked to the jets, not so much in this one complete 66.7% of his 27 attempts, only 121 yards and a single touchdown also throws a pick. Now a large part of this is cause he was without DK Metcalf. He gets shaken up. He's in and out of the lineup, mostly out and off the field though. So Metcalf ends up with five receptions, 43 yards and Tyler Lockett can't get going either. He gets 34 yards on three wrap grabs. David Moore is two for 10 the touchdown goes to tight end Jacob Pollister. He has 17 yards on two receptions in the touchdown. Will Disley, the other tight end, gets a goose egg. So not a great day from Chris Carson either. 15 carries and two receptions, 69 scoreless yards not nice at all rashad penny is eased back in with two carries for six yards so we'll continue to see him get ramped back in but we see carlos high bust a big one i color me shocked i didn't know he could do that he gets 55 yards in a score on two carries and then adds eight yards on two grabs
3: you know who else busts up for a big one idp mvp jamal adams he is on a revenge tour since he got traded from the new york jets and the safety for this hawks had Nine total tackles on the day, one tackle for loss, one sack, and one quarterback hit. There's something to be said about guys who play for Adam Gase in New York or wherever and then they leave. They just get better when they leave. I don't know what it is.
1: That'll wrap off the 1 o'clock slate of games and we will take a break and come back with the evening slate. Our friends at Monkey Night Fight combine the fun and excitement of Vegas with DFS to make the ultimate daily fantasy prompt game.
2: That's right, and there are three ways for you to play. Stat Shootout, Rapid Fire, and More or Less.
1: Stat Shootout, you put together a two- or three-player team that will accumulate the most of whatever stat you've chosen to play. Touchdowns, total yards, receptions, etc. Then you choose one of three target goals for that stat. If your team exceeds your chosen goal, you'll win. And the higher the target goal, the more you win.
2: So if I choose a three-man team for touchdowns, I can set the target at one and a half touchdowns to pay out one and a half times the entry fee, or I can go big with a target of three and a half touchdowns to pay out 15 times the entry fee.
1: Obviously, you gotta go big or go home.
2: Then we've got Rapid Fire, where you select your team by choosing the highest scoring player in multiple head-to-head matchups of statistical categories, like who has more receptions this week, Julio or Devontae Adams? Each contest will tell you how many matchups you need to get right in order to win. But like we said, the higher risk, the higher the reward.
1: Yup, I only need to get 2 out of 3 matchups right, and I win 1.5 times my entry. But then, when I go all in and I can get 5 out of 5, I'm looking at 15 times the payout. I can buy a lot of Josh Jacobs jerseys with that money.
2: You sure can. Finally, there's more or less. Depending on the contest, you'll be given two to six players and their statistic target for that game, like Austin Eckler with over under four and a half receptions against the Raiders. You have to decide if that player is going to get more or less than that target number.
1: Just like the others, more or less increases the payout the more risk you take. However, it offers the highest return. You can go two for two and get 1.5 times the payout, or you've got the nerve you can attempt to go six for six and hit 30 times the payout. So many Josh Jacobs jerseys.
2: Well, the only thing better than winning money from Monkey Knife Fight is getting money from Monkey Knife Fight for free.
1: I do love free.
2: Just go to Monkey Knife Fight to sign up for a free account. When you make your first deposit, use promo code Nonsense and Monkey Knife Fight will match your deposit up to $50.
1: This is literally playing with house money guys go sign up on monkey night fight with the promo code nonsense and get in on the action this weekend. We are back with what was originally going to be another slog of a game watching Carson Wentz struggle his way to failure. And then Doug Peterson wisely made the decision moves on to Jalen Hurts as the new starting quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. This means we were treated to a double helping of Oklahoma Sooners, two of the most electric runners of the football from the quarterback position in the NFC. The Cardinals get the victory, 33-26. But, John, can I get a Boomer Sooner for the QB factory that is the brain of Lincoln Riley?
0: Boomer freaking Sooner, Jack. Big 12 champs again, not once, not twice, not three times, four times, five times, but six times, and now we have three starting quarterbacks. I can say we. I got a PhD from there. I think I earned it at this point. Uh, Three starting quarterbacks who are in playoff contention, not just in the league, but are in playoff contention. We got Jalen, Kyler, and Baker with Spencer Rattler surely on the way soon enough.
1: Uh, so both quarterbacks end up dealing but we will start with the winner kyler murray throws for 406 yards tosses three tutties and then runs for another 29 yards and a tug as well you'll love to see it and kyler loves to see deandre hopkins running around wide open all the time even when he's covered he is not nine receptions 169 yards and a touchdown doesn't leave much for the rest of his friends knees guy dan arnold with a solid three for 54. that's number two on the league in yard and on the team in yards then larry fitzgerald he comes in with 35 yards and a touchdown on three receptions Christian Kirk three receptions, 33 yards. So heading into the game, it looked like Chase Edmonds was going to be inactive. So naturally, this means Chase Edmonds out. touched Kenyon Drake 14 to 12. Drake gains just 40 yards. Chase Edmonds gains 66. Catches Murray's other touchdown pass. Arizona's backfield is just a nightmare, a headache all season long. Just like the Philadelphia Eagles offense was before they put Carson Wentz or they benched Carson Wentz. It came out before the game that Wentz has no interest in being a backup. And if that things remain how they are in Philadelphia, he wants out. He wants a trade. I think that's a little soft, but to point that to do that during the the season, but I don't know. What do I know? I don't know anything. That's not true. I do know that Jalen Hurts should be the Eagles starting quarterback in 2021. Only completes 54.5% of his 44 attempts, but he also throws for 338 yards, runs for 63 yards, and accounts for four total touchdowns, three by air, one by land. Congratulations if you started Jalen Hurts today. Congratulations if you have him in Dynasty. You look brilliant. He is fantastic in an offense that just couldn't get going with Wentz under center. The rest of the offense, though, not so good in terms of fantasy, and that's because Hertz is a wheeler. He's a dealer. He's spreading it all around. Jalen Rager leads the team with five receptions, 49 yards. Then we have Dallas Goddard. He and Greg Ward are tied with four receptions. Goddard gets 39 yards. Ward only 15 yards, but he scores two touchdowns. Good for Greg Ward, the former Houston quarterback and AFL receiver. And then we see Quez Watkins come in. Three receptions, 40 yards and a touchdown. Super sleeper in Dynasty that looks ready to explode. Then we get Zach Ertz. He's back at 69 yards on two receptions. We get 63 yards on two receptions from Alshon Jeffrey. We get 30 yards on two rece- receptions from Travis Fulgham. Everyone's getting involved in this offense, and none of them are fantasy viable, including Miles Sanders. He doesn't have the day we're hoping for either. 17 carries, one reception. 90 scoreless yards.
0: Jack, you mentioned a moment ago with Wentz demanding or potentially demanding a trade. Um, I, I just don't see how the Eagles could give Wentz this job back the way that Hurts is playing. Uh, and if, if Wentz really does demand a trade, I'm curious where you all think he will land. I think right now the most obvious answer is, or landing spot is probably Indianapolis with Frank Reich. They'll have uh, Phillip Rivers coming off the books. They'll need a quarterback. But I also think potentially some landing spots like Chicago, New England, or maybe even Denver could be interesting. Are any, any other teams out there you all are keeping on your radar potentially?
3: Yeah, look, um, Carson Wentz had his MVP caliber year with Frank Reich in, Indianapolis, in um, Philadelphia. So it seems like a happy reunion in Indianapolis. But maybe they could trade uh, T.Y. Hilton or Jack Doyle to Philly in return. I don't know. Speaking of MVPs, we we had an MVP on the defensive side. It's the IDP MVP for today, Alex Singleton from the Eagles. He had 11 total tackles, including one tackle for loss, and he also recovered a fumble. So it wasn't a great day for the Eagles, but Singleton has been very good down the stretch for them. He is a name to look out for for 2021.
1: You know, leave it to the Jets to win the football game but to lose so much more. New York will not join Cleveland or Detroit in owning an 0-16 season, but they will also now move to second in the draft. So if the Jaguars lose their next two games, New York will lose Trevor Lawrence. Back to the game, though. The Jets win 23-20 over the Los Angeles Rams in the upset of the season.
0: Yeah, Jack, and I think another implication from this is that I don't think we can we can take the Rams as a serious playoff contender now. I mean, this game, um, you know, really, if you look at it, just looking at the schedule, really was kind of a must win for the Rams in terms of, uh, you know, just to make the playoffs. They end the season on the road in Seattle and then home for Arizona. They have to win both of those games uh, at this point, and that, and that game with the Arizona could really decide uh, the playoffs. It could be a de facto playoff game for both teams.
3: Yes, indeed, they're in the toughest division in football, the NFC West. Now, 2020 has been a year for um, conspiracy theories, so here's mine. Trevor Lawrence and his camp have basically told the New York Giants they're not gonna, that he's not going to sign with them. So the Jets probably decided, let's win a game. Let's move down the draft order from 2021. Let's get to number two. So perhaps that's why they fired Greg Williams a couple of weeks ago. Anyway, Lawrence is now in the frame for tax-free income, nice weather, and the youngest in core in Jacksonville.
1: And the Jets get up early and never look back. But great for them well, on the back of an interception and a blocked punt. But for fantasy, it's kind of... Eh. Sam Darnold throws for 207 yards, has a touchdown pass. That TD goes to Ty Johnson, the running back who no one played because they came in a committee last week. He managed to six receptions, 33 yards. Or, sorry, six receptions, three carries, and 55 yards, as well as a touchdown which may what may help people though is 23 carries for Frank Gore because some people are still into Frank Gore for some reason. They love to hate themselves. Throw in a six-yard reception from Gore, 65 yards, and a touchdown from the 73-year-old Frank Gore. And of course, this means from the receivers nada six receptions for 66 yards from Jamison crowder one reception for 21 yards from Prashad perriman denzel mims gets 18 yards on three grabs and i think that's the most disappointing thing about today is that denzel mims will not be catching passes from trevor lawrence next year and that's just very very sad but not as sad as the Rams. so discount ryan gosling throws for just 209 yards has two tds in the comeback mode but mostly or also has a costly interception when golf can't go, nobody can go. So if he played Cooper Cup, just 39 yards on five receptions. Cam Akers gets hurt, comes back in, still dominates the touches, but only 62 yards. Receptions for 28 yards from Gerald Everett. So the only performances that people are gonna be happy about are Robert Woods, he gain <coughs> Robert Woods, he gains just 56 yards on six receptions, but he has a touchdown and gains 40 yards on a run. So he's fine, no thanks to Jared Goff. And then for both of the people that played Tyler Higby this week, they're happy as well. He led the team with 67 yards and scored a touchdown on four receptions.
3: Wait, Jack, there's one more performance that people are happy with. IDP MVP from the Rams, linebacker Troy Reader. With Franco running so much for the Jets, someone had to stop him. And with Michael Kaiser unavailable, Reeves stepped in with 11 total tackles and one pass defended. Perhaps this is the Frank Gore uh, retirement tour, I don't know, maybe.
1: And that brings us to the main event of the Sunday Slate, and what a main event it was. There are 24 ribs in the human body. Drew Brees broke 11 of them. The 41-year-old Drew Brees made his return from having nearly half of his ribs broken, which gave us a true passing of the torch moment the nfl's all-time leader in passing yards comes up just short in the comeback and the new orleans saints fall 32 to 29 to patrick mahomes a man who will surely break every record the nfl has and the kansas city chiefs so hats off to drew Brees. i can't imagine breaking my ribs and then being able to throw three touchdowns in an nfl game Good for him. That's fantastic. The problem for the Saints, though, is he completes just 44.1% of his 34 attempts, just 234 yards, and has an interception. Of course, he was without Michael Thomas. He will miss the remainder of the regular season on IR. The ankle just hasn't been healing properly. So Emmanuel Sanders took the wide receiver one chair, went for four receptions, 76 yards, a fine day from him. We just needed more from anyone else as a pass catcher. Jared Cook, two receptions, 29 yards. Traequan Smith, only a 25-yard reception. Ultimately, it's second-year UDFA out of Texas, Lil Jordan Humphrey, who gets two two receptions, 29 yards, and a touchdown. So it's a different story from the running backs, of course, because Alvin Kamara is fantastic, turns in 94 yards and a receiving touchdown, 11 carries, and three snags. Of course, though, he's vultured. Not once, but twice. So Latavius Murray, he turns four carries and two receptions into 26 yards in a receiving score. And then Taysom Hill turns two carries into three yards and a touchdown. Why? Why does Sean Payton hate Alvin Kamara so much? Makes me upset. So anyways, in the end, Patrick Mahomes gets a win and is still my choice for the MVP. Throws for 254 yards, tosses three touchdowns, and then adds 37 yards rushing. points, basically an extra passing TD in terms of fantasy. That's why mobile quarterbacks are so important. So Mahomes, he has the three touchdown passes, which of course, you know one went to Travis Kelsey. He gets eight receptions, 68 yards and the score. And of course, you'll be shocked to hear that Tyreek Hill also had a touchdown. I know who would have thought that both Reek and Kelsey would do good. That never happens. It doesn't happen literally every single week. So then Sammy Watkins chips in with four receptions, 60 yards. Other score goes to McCole Hardman. He has a touchdown pass, or reception, and 22 yards on three grabs. Sadly, though, it's not all good news in KC. The rookie, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, left the game with a hip-slash-leg injury and did not return. So his x-rays were negative. He will go for an MRI tomorrow. We wish CEH a speedy recovery. Hopefully, he's back soon. Today, he finished with 83 yards on 15 touches. And this forces Le'Veon Bell back into the lineup forces him to pick up the slack, and shockingly, doesn't do too bad. Bell turns 15 15 carries and a reception into 76 yards, has a rushing score on a speed option. Yeah, you heard me. Andy Reid is running the good old college speed option with Patrick Mahomes. So early congratulations on winning back-to-back Super Bowls to Kansas City. You are incredible. You deserve it.
3: Yeah, I don't know how you stop Kansas City. They just always find a way to get past tough defenses, and they show that today. That being said, the IDP MVP is from the Saints. His defensive end, Trey Hendrickson, he had two two tackles in total, one tackle for loss, two sacks, one forced fumble, and five quarterback hits. But he couldn't get the win for his Saints.
1: And that will do it for our recap of the Sunday slate. And we currently sit at halftime of Sunday Night Football Showdown between the Cleveland Browns and the New York Giants. The Browns are up 13-3. Austin Hooper has a two-yard touchdown pass. Jarvis Landry gives us the other score, already has six receptions, but only 39 yards, so he's not gaining too much on those receptions. Anyways, this leaves us with, with just six quarters of football left in week 15. So with the fantasy semifinals nearly over, with the fantasy football championship, mere days away. Need, do you have any predictions for Monday night football matchup between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cincinnati Bengals? Or do you have any parting words of wisdom to carry us into the finals?
3: Thanks, Jack. It's a pleasure as always with you and John. For Monday Night Football, I feel like we're going to see some Anthony McFarlane in this game because James Conner is banged up and he is trending towards having his contract not renewed for next year. Also, you need to consider this is a Steelers team that was two weeks ago touted as going through the season undefeated. They've since lost to Washington and Buffalo. They're going to take out their frustrations on a Cincinnati Bengals team led by a third-string quarterback in Ryan Finley. Honestly, if you have a matchup of note in Week 16, congratulations, because at the end of the day, fantasy relies on luck, as well as skill. So this is the fun part, getting to the Week 16. So enjoy the week ahead. Enjoy the news, the updates on your favorite players, because most of the other players in your league are going to be on the sidelines looking at your team. Otherwise, be good to those around you this holiday season. Enjoy the matches, and remember to mask up and wash your hands.
1: And be sure to follow me nee on Instagram at the real NWB for more meticulously crafted content that is going to make you a smarter sports fan. Of course, it's not just me that's giving us brilliant information. We're wise enough to listen to our doctors on the important nonsense podcast. And we're wise enough to listen to the words of Dr. Chansey. So with that, John, do you have any thoughts on week 16? Or do you have any hot takes on the impending blowout we're going to see by the Steelers?
0: Hey Jack, uh, you know, just like coffee week 16 is for closers. And if you made it this far, don't get cute. Uh, as far as Monday night football goes, the Steelers are 14 point road favorites over a very bad Cincinnati team who really needs to keep losing right now. They are currently in line for the third draft pick overall. They don't need a quarterback. So right now they're in line to get the best non quarterback of the draft. Um, the Steelers need this win uh, to keep pace with Buffalo and Kansas City. The Steelers get the Colts next week, and they end the season with Cleveland. Neither of those ga- games is a gimme. They need uh, they need to win games like this against the Bengals. They beat them by 16 points with Joe, Joe Burrow previously in the season. Now they get to play Ryan Finley. I think the Steelers win and cover easy. Uh, so go out there, make some money on that pick if you'd like but be good be safe and have a wonderful and
1: safe holiday so my biggest piece of advice if you've already been eliminated from the playoffs start a dynasty league immediately or join one you will not regret it and if you do take my advice you start playing dynasty this off season make sure you're following at dynasty phd on twitter and you can follow along with all the off-season content from john and the Dynasty crew, as well as content through the rest of the regular season and the NFL playoffs over on importantnonsense.com and on all the socials at nonsenseff. I've been your host at javanaugh 87, Jack Kavanaugh, and it's been such a joy getting to recap this show for you for 15 weeks. With Christmas falling on a Friday, there will be no show that day. So tune in later this week for a special edition of the Big Boss Show, where the Triple J podcast of myself, Jason, and Jordan will team up with the bosses to deliver a Week 16 spectacular. So until then, take care of yourself because you deserve it. Stay safe, wear a mask, and most importantly, don't forget to keep up the nonsense. Music for this podcast is provided by
0: Lee Rosevere. I'm Tim Kittrow from NBA Jam and NFL Blitz and you can find all the guys at importantnonsense.com. Kaboom!